Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Hey everyone. Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Mentoring, Mentoring for, for the, the Modern, modern musician. musician. Our 101st episode. Are you going you to keep doing that? Coming at you. You just gotta keep naming them. No, I'm not. It's 102. <laughs> 107. No, I'm not. It's all. This is the aught one. Aught ones. Right. Go back and start. This is just the first episode <laughs> after 100. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening to the 100th episode. That was fun to sort that of recap the other yeah. 99. Recap. Oh, we talked to them. Yeah. It reminded me of some that we uh, had forgotten that we did. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I was. And it's amazing that we still have all kinds of things to talk about. Oh man, there's so many topics still. There's so much stuff. And people to interview. And people to interview, like on today's show, we are interviewing songwriting professor from Berkeley, Scarlet Keys. Scarlet Keys. Like she had a choice. Best name. Like you know, Scarlet Keys. Best name. That sounds like the most famous songwriter. Of all time. Does. And it's like, does she play piano? Oh, yeah. Of course she plays piano. Of course she plays piano. Her name is Scarlet Keys. Come on, man. Of course she plays piano. Come on. And she's written an amazing book. Yeah. The Craft of Songwriting, Music, Meaning, and Emotion. I love that. Yeah, me too. It's a great book. It's so great. I'm very excited to talk to her about this book. And whatever else we can get her to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen... Scarlet Keys. So we are fortunate enough here to have uh, Scarlet Keys in our little uh, project studio. And we want to talk to her um, about a bunch of stuff. Uh, not necessarily only centered around the new book, The Craft of Songwriting. But we're definitely talking about that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But you got to let me say the whole title. Okay, go ahead. So it's The Craft of... And this is why. Okay. Craft of Songwriting. Yeah. I love this part. Go. Music, meaning. Yes. Yes. We got that. Yes. And emotion. Yes. And we're going to get into why that's important yes. at some point. I know we will. I know we will. So, hi, Scarlett. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for making it today. We really, really appreciate oh, it. I'm yeah. so excited. So excited to talk to you about your your whole path. Your whole, I mean, because you don't, here's the thing is that you don't end up writing a book like that or being a professor at Berkeley without some stuff happening first. Right. Yeah. So, I thought we could start with the stuff happening first. Let's do it. I Go love back. that. Right? The stuff happening first. That's the a stuff, great way to put it. The stuff that happened first. Yeah. So where where did you grow up and, and, and mm. uh, how did you get into music? Well, I grew up in San Diego, California. And when I was very little, my dad had a daytime talk show. And he would sing and interview like Victor Borga and James Garner and all those people. And he would wear the skinny tie and smoke and sing and look off into the distance. (laughs) Yes. So he had that for a couple of years. And then we moved to California. So I was around um, my whole family who who sang. And music seemed to be a very natural thing. And uh, in high school, of course, you know, thank God for musical theater. That was oh, just yeah. the best. And yeah, then, for us too. Yep. <clears throat> you know, I graduated from from high school, and uh, and then I had a, a piano teacher who said, "You you need to eat and breathe and sleep music. You just you really need to." And <laughs> and he said, "You know, there's Berkeley and in Boston, and then there's you know, L.A. Dick Grove, I think it was." And oh, yeah. and I got on a plane, flew to Boston before the plane touched ground. I was like, "Yes." Yes, I want to be here. Of course, it was in the spring where all the tulips were out. Oh, you know, it yeah. wasn't in the winter. Yeah, it wasn't winter where you're uh, like, no. wait. 
But I, so I went to Berkeley and I uh, studied, uh, I was into performance and I did a lot of nerdy vocal jazz ensembles. And, you know, I listened <laughs> yes. to like Duke Ellington and Ella Fitzgerald every day oh. and I wore black every oh, day. Oh, there's nothing nerdy about, so much. about Ella and Duke. Nothing yeah. nerdy about that. That's no, awesome but it was just stuff. like, I was, yeah. and I would like sing on like street festivals and I would sing like all these obscure like Duke Ellington songs and people would walk by like, whatever dude i'm like you don't get me i'm wearing black and i'm singing i'm singing you know mood indigo and they're like whatever right um oh, and awesome. then i graduated and i i moved back. well we had a pretty big tra- tragedy in my family i graduated and then my mom like passed away in her sleep and i oh. i went right back to san diego and, oh and moved in with my dad and just like learned to play piano i just totally poured myself into the piano it's all i did and and then i got these gig i got a gig playing piano five nights a week five hours a night oh man and all i could play were ballads and like the bartenders oh, are like could you speed it could you could you you know and i i literally could not mid tempo can you play something mid tempo <laughs> nothing <laughs> and this old lady walks up to me and she's like, just go for it. I'm like, oh God, I can't. I just, I can't. But, and they were so patient with me and I, I finally lost that job. And then I went to these <laughs> teachers, like, how do I play anything fast? Anything, you know? Right. And, uh, but that was a good, that was a good learning tool. Cause I just sat down with Carol King records and Carly Simon and I just listened and I tried oh. to figure out like how to be the band on the piano and oh, nice. you know how can I learn it and then you know I, I was in a band in San Diego I had an original band and Jewel was playing at this coffee shop called the Interchange Coffee House and sure. then she oh, left that was and huge... I took over her Tuesday night with my band you did. And oh, I no did way. and uh that was really fun. And then and then I was in a traveling group there called the Mardells. And then I wanted to move to Nashville and become a songwriter and really try to make it know, happen. Write songs. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Do that whole thing. So packed up my car and drove to Nashville and Did you know anybody? I, I had a step grandmother. <laughs> okay. In Goodlitzville. And oh, you man. know, she was like, oh, darling, I've been in and out like a little dog wetting in the snow. Did you call? I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. Uh, and so oh, that's, awesome. that's who she was. She was really super yeah. religious and adorable. And, yeah. and, you know, she was the only contact that I had there. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't really think, oh, 30,000 other people just moved here, too, to try to write songs. I just thought, well, let's just go. Well, but, right, right. but don't I love that. Don't, but don't you think that that's a part of it? Oh, is, yeah. is that you have to sort of have that delusional, <laughs> right? If you start worrying yeah. about how many yeah. hundreds of thousands of people are doing what you're doing, right. it just that'll just stop you cold, won't yeah. it? Yeah. You got to so, have that delusional. Totally delusional. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, you know, and then, and then just, um, I just started meeting people and uh, making connections and writing songs and, and then I thought, you know, well, if I'm going to, I wanted to get a staff deal. I wanted to write yeah. right. I'm a full time as a writer. So I set up a little. Well, and uh, you did, right? Writer Warner, room in Warner my Chapel, house. Right? Yep. And I started to just kind of live like that already. I started to set up writing appointments and just oh, I love live that. that life. Just see, you know, if I'm going to be doing that, I need to be doing that. Be doing whether it. I'm signed I love or not. That. Yes, exactly. And, and then I eventually got uh, this guy that heard my... I'd given up, finally. I'm like, I'm leaving this town. Forget Nashville. <laughs> and I, I went back to San Diego. And, of course, I checked my voicemail. And there's this guy going from Warner Brothers. Going, oh, I'll listen to your CD. Give me a call. And I thought, oh, God, they're calling. And uh, so I, you know, met with him at Warner Chapel. And he... Yeah. He 
got what I did and, and signed me. And that was a pretty exciting day. Oh, so exciting. Um, that's awesome. So how long were you at uh, Warner Chapel then? Two years. Two I like to years. give one syllable, like three syllables when it's Southern years. <laughs> um, yeah, I was there for two years. And uh, yeah, any questions about that? Yeah. I mean, so what? how, how was it different than what you were setting your days up like? previously well you know when you want I mean I remember saying whining of course lots of whining uh, on the journey to a friend of mine like I need I want you know I don't uh, just writing songs but feeling like they weren't good you know and she said you know just because someone you don't need someone to validate you to know that you're good and I said I don't stop being Buddha I need to be paid I need someone to pay me (laughs) yes (laughs) here's some money you deserve money right and I was just like so sounds good enough that I will pay you now sitting under the Bodai trees are nice and everything but I'm gonna need a little bit more than I need to validate I need more than my best friend saying I like your song yeah you're a great songwriter really cool right yeah how about somebody pay me financially so that I know that yeah so um yeah, so that so it 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 had a lot of weight in the sense of uh, you know the networking picked up like oh you know I'm at Warner sure. we could write you know blah 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 yeah 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 but honestly I mean now we're gonna go mmm, mmm. but what happened was you know like the first day that I got there uh, um what's his name the the guy who wrote Rainbow Connection Paul. Williams. Paul Williams. Oh, he would laugh. Uh, Williams, that's Paul my last Williams, name. Yeah. Paul Williams was getting coffee that day, the first day that I came to write. And uh, I shook his what? hand and, and he said, well, right a hit, good luck. And I said, great. And then I walked off and he goes, well, aren't you going to wish me luck? And I thought, really? Do you, oh, fine. Okay, good luck. Um, and just sort of being, you know, being at Warner Chapel, being down on Music Row, having yeah. a, a piano room, having those people around. Um, I loved writing a song and then going into a studio and just being able to hire whoever I wanted. And that, that whole thing was really great, but I found it to be, uh, I was losing, I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I ended up not enjoying it because I would be in a room with some guy and he would want to say truck in the middle of my song and then i would say "Eh, truck not so much what else we got it's like besides truck though yeah i don't really want to say truck right now Uh, or you know i would or he'd be like is it a yellow truck i'm not feeling i don't i think it should be and i would just be in there going you know and i was writing like at 10 o'clock in the morning and then writing with someone at two and the next day writing at 10 and two. And I wasn't like finding the time to like stop and nourish the songs. And I just found myself just feeling like something's wrong. Like I'm not feeling, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. And, um, and I was scared to write alone. So I was co-writing and my publisher's like quit co-writing. And so finally I, I knew a guy who had been to Sweden to write some songs. And I, I said, look, you know, would your, can I meet with your publisher? And I met with him and played him some songs and he contacted this guy in Stockholm who was, had a group called, uh, Roxette. If you remember oh, that group. Oh, yeah. Roxette, sure. And Absolutely. he, uh, had a publishing company there. So he said, if you come, we'll set you up with all our best people. So I went to my publisher and I said, look, I need a break. I want to go to Sweden. And he's like, all right, how long? And I go, five weeks. And he's like, five weeks? And I go, just trust me. And I went to Sweden, and every day I got on a subway, and I went to a different 
group of writers and I went from, you know, some Southern guy going, I think the truck should be yellow <laughs> to we love it. Fantastic. Great. Yes. Okay. We are having caviar now, you know, just this, oh like my, my whole soul just like right. woke up and I felt so happy and I thought, Oh my God, these people are lovely. And I, I love that. ended up down in Monte Carlo um, with about $30 to my name and looking back at Monte Carlo from the ocean going, as God is my witness, I will never be poor again. And writing this song titled, oh I want to be rich, which is the one that got on the radio yeah. in, in Britain and, and got recorded by this country singer. And so we wrote like, I wrote like 15 songs while I was there and I came back, recorded them in Nashville and everyone in Nashville loved it. The song it was weird. Like they loved these weird Swedish songs. That's awesome. And that's when everything started to shift and... Because I felt like, you know, you need to be happy you, where you, you need to be happy. Music needs yeah, to right, be yeah. in a place where you're happy and, and you need to be uh, culturally happy. I felt yep, sort of sure. limited culturally there. And uh, also um, musically, I needed to be, so I rebelled and said like baby in every single song that I wrote. Like I was nice. so happy to be writing in a pop Right. Yeah, yeah. Place, so I felt like it was limiting in Nashville. It's way different now down there. They are yeah. so different. But at the time, they really were like, "Sure, who's going to sing that? Right. You know, why are you? What's that chord? What? Who? No, <laughs> get that chord out of my song." And not to make fun no, of Nashville, no, no, because, no, no, not at all. Uh, it is man, it's hard to write a great country song, and I feel yeah. like being a California person. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel like I honored it in my bloodstream. Right. right. And I, well, I did drive a truck briefly, but still. And I have. Hey, so did I. I, you know, <laughs> I love a good truck. But that don't make you a country a star. And it I have a cousin named Bubba, star. but it doesn't matter. Doesn't count. I call people Bubba. Okay, so it, do, you know, so. So then, yeah. How, how much? So what I'm, so what I'm hearing, and this is what I, the question that I would want to yeah. ask about that, is that how much do you think the success in Sweden? had to do with you were able to come from an authentic Scarlet Keys place. Yeah. And not Scarlet a Keys. What, what color truck right. are we going to be talking right. about here? Yeah. Right? How So how much of it... So yes, culturally, you mentioned that you were more comfortable culturally. That. Yeah. How much of that do you think then falls back to... And you said you had to be happy and you had to be... Right? How much of it falls then back to this comfort level of knowing... This is who I am authentically. This is where I'm coming from this foundational place of this is this is me yeah. and this is what I'm writing. Yeah. Um well I love I was so grateful for Nashville for everything that it taught me and yeah. to be in the room with those writers. I mean, I wrote with oh, Chris yeah. Stapleton, oh, yeah. worked with him in the studio, like just yeah. sat in rooms with people that were so good that I loved to watch their whole process and learn from them. Mm -hmm. And those people that say I was in and out like a little dog wetting in the snow, those people that talk right. like that, they are storytellers like yeah. in their DNA. And it's, you know, if I had to sit down and write a country song, I would just, praying to every god there was because it would be it's very hard to pull yeah. out a great yeah. country oh, song yeah. but so i didn't feel like that i really could do it or that it was really where uh, my heart was after all the vocal jazz ensemble and it yeah. definitely does not sound like it was bringing you any joy <laughs> Duke Ellington. i mean there were joy there were good days but there were mostly days where i felt like i was having an out-of-body experience writing a song like i'm not in here i can't even sing 
If you said to me, here's a million dollars, sing every song you wrote in Nashville, I would just cry. I would go, I don't remember them. I can't do it. Yeah. Um, a few of them I, I could. And, and I ended up, after coming back from Sweden, this this sort of, I, something cracked open and I, I ended up finally writing a song by myself. And it was the song that that my publisher was like, Hmm. Now this, you know, or, and they wanted to, you know, have it be this group single. And there was a lot of interest in it at the time. And I I just feel like because I love Europe and because I I loved being, I love Sweden so much, Mm -hmm. just the whole pop and the tracks and everything. It just, I just got really happy musically. And I think that that's, that's so important, you know? And, um, it was like, I remember when my daughter was two years old, we're way fast forwarding, but I ended up having my daughter and she was two and I'm in the, on my piano playing this like intense like minor thing and she waddles in and goes no (laughs) no elmo all right and i look at her like do you know who i think i am (laughs) so i stop my intense whatever and i have to go la 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 elmo's world she wobbles out and the next day i'm back you know in the end no no Elmo. elmo and so the next day I just wrote her this song with like la 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 all over the chorus. And it was just this happy little song about like what we do during the day. Mm. And it got picked up for a national commercial. Oh my God. So from then on, I would be like, honey, do you have a minute? Is this any good? <laughs> I know you're three, but is this any good? What do you think? Does this resonate? Yeah, on? is this resonating? <laughs> Say truck, mommy. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> What color truck? Honey? Tonka what color? truck. <laughs> exactly. Tonka truck, mommy. Tonka truck. So that was kind of another, uh, you know, yeah. I really love, wrote her just such a happy here. And I think one of the things that, you know, so so Nashville was was wonderful. And, and my publisher was retiring and the Berkeley job. Somebody said, look, they're looking for a teacher at Berkeley. Okay. And okay. I was like, oh, God. Oh, it was that moment of, oh, things yeah. are changing right now for me. And yeah. yet this job came open and I, I, I wasn't sure I was going to like teaching. And I yeah. took, I came up and I, I applied and, and got the job and moved everything up from Nashville. And, and then I said, yeah, I really appreciate you hiring me, but I think I'm going back. I don't think I'm going to do this. <laughs> they were like, let's just give it a semester. And now I'm going into my 16th year. I was going to ask you about oh that. Gosh. Right. Exactly. That's you know, awesome. and I learned so much from everybody that's been in my class. Right, and yeah. just, just every, the curriculum is is wonderful at Berkeley, and I. But again, it was just the the being happy thing. Um, yeah, and writing with different artists and writing in different genres and really opening up musically. And I felt like I was able to not just limit it to the country at the time that was there right. that was really really country well and that well, was 60 yeah 16, 16 18, years ago 20 years ago that was a there was different. no pop country right right yeah. Yeah. yeah there was a little bit but it was really limited but yeah very and now it's just it's opened up so much oh, so yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, in fact you know the traditional country is not even cool enough right now right right so yeah. a lot of the right. older guys are like oh darn it you know yeah it's all rap related and track related and right right yeah well and and where guitar solos went when they left pop radio Yes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I did go back to Nashville a couple of weeks ago and just was like, oh, I miss it. You know, I just had a little town of soulmates. It was really wonderful. But it's so music. It's just, that's what the whole town is. Yeah. 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 So, when you went back, what what was the the purpose of the trip? 
Uh, I went down to te- to do some teaching, but while I was nice. there, I wrote a couple of songs. You did? Oh, that's great. Nice. Previous co-writers, and it was really, oh, really, that's really fun to be in the room with them again. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. yeah. there's so much. It's hard to describe the level of talent it, with writers yeah. and players, too. Players yeah. and even industry people right. and their knowledge and understanding of yeah. creating a, a, a buzz for an artist and, you know, the... It's one of the few places where the that funnel, yeah, is still it's still intact, intact ish. Yeah. Although it's definitely changed over the last three or four years, but it is an amazing town. Yeah, yeah. So it's really fun to sit in a room with someone you know is better than you, and yeah, right, right. You know, and right. in fact, I was I was with a friend of mine who. Uh, he's just, his whole wall is lined with everything gold that's happened to him. And, and he was talking about writing story songs and I just zipped. I was like, I'm just going to sit here and just learn. I want to, I want to get, if I could get better by being in this room with him, I will just stop right. talking right now. And it was really fun to listen you know, to what he had to say, because one of the things he said was, you know, cause a lot of times a, a writer will start a line, like line one into your song, you know, da, 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 floor. And then, you know, usually beginning writers like, what rhymes with floor? And then you go, na, 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 you out the door. And then, but, but sometimes that can be limiting because then, you know, you sing, you sing it to your friend and you're like, na, 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 on the door, na, 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 on the floor. And your friend goes, oh my God, it's amazing. Why did you say floor? Do you have rhyme shame? And you're like, oh, it rhymed. It Not, was a good rhyme. <laughs> it was rhymed. It rhymed. But what my friend Steve said was, uh, you know, he had an idea, and the idea was like, oh, his his title of his song that he wrote was, uh, that's that's lonely stuff, and mm. he was trying to figure out because he is a true country story writer, and yeah. Steve Leslie is his name, and he said, don't worry about the song, what rhymes with stuff, what rhymes with stuff, and the the when you get to a certain level in your writing. That question is wonderful because you you can make a whole sheet of rhymes, right? right? You've got stuff and right. enough and then was and then love and then us and it doesn't have to rhyme perfectly. Right. Now you've got this whole sheet that kind of serves as like a co-writer on the page in the sense of, oh, I never would have thought of that unless I had done all this rhyme search. Yeah. So it really, you don't feel as alone in the room or you'd have to work as hard because now you've got this whole sheet yeah, yeah. of words that would take you to a place that you wouldn't have gone by yourself. All right. I just want to interject for people listening to the podcast that, um, remember Scarlett wrote a book on songwriting and she teaches songwriting at Berkeley <laughs> and she's talking about being with a friend of hers in Nashville and zipping her mouth so she could learn from him. I want you to just soak that in and understand that you are never done, right. that it's always about learning, that there's always another thing you can get, a, a level that you can that you can reach by being open to growing. Yeah. That's amazing to hear you say. I, I absolutely love that. That yeah. was the part I was going to jump on too, Adam. That's exactly, that's exactly it. It's So I was going to say that, and then I got completely overwhelmed by this idea of the the rhyme sheets mm-hmm. and the incidental rhyme sheets and the different words that go within uh which is something that that like I that's do your all co-writer. That, that that's your co-writer what a great way to describe that that'd be a great song it is a good song it would be a good song so <laughs> what rhymes a co-writer <laughs> kind of truck him under slow nighter slow nighter <laughs> oh nighter oh nighter 
Low rider. Low rider. Low rider. See how he is? Low rider. That's what happens. Co-rider. So, I, you know, it's really, I'm, it's a perfect place to actually talk about the book. Yeah. Um, there were so many things in it that I, that that really, really were illuminating for me and that you really were able to articulate things that uh, that I've heard other people say before and that I've thought myself before, but in a way that was really, really uh, easy to grasp and made sense uh, in a way that I've, I've rarely have heard anybody talk about it. And I, the place that I want to start is your very opening where you describe great songs and great songwriters and talk about the things that they have in common. And the thing that I love that you said was, even if they don't know that this is the process that they're, that they're doing, even if they don't understand that this is why it's so beautiful or so touching or makes such a difference, you can still take it apart and talk about what that is and why it is and how to recreate it. And that songwriting is a craft that you can learn. Right. I just loved that so much. It's something that happens with, with my students all the time where they're like, well, I know, but we keep, so you keep going and do you think that they knew that they were doing that? And I say, that's irrelevant. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter whether they knew it or not. Yes. Yeah, some of them maybe do and some of them maybe don't. What's more important is that we can talk about, we can dissect it and talk about why it's touching you the way it is, why it, it makes that difference. Yeah. Right. I mean, sounds good always wins anyway. There's always a theoretical mm -hmm. explanation for why it sounds good and what mode we're right, in so and the interesting harmony stuff and but the reality is it sounds good right yeah it sounds awesome right. well this is this is exactly what scarlet says in her book around page 80 something she says sounds good wins oh no way no literally sounds good is always i love that yeah and that's something that we talk about all the time. I've been saying that for about 20 years because I was I got into it with a student and he's like, but yeah, but why? I was like, you know what? Because it sounds good, man. I mean, yes, we can talk about what the theoretical explanation for it is and knowing theory and knowing your scale modes and doing your practicing and all of that stuff is really, really important. Ultimately, though, you can do all of that and if it doesn't sound good, who cares? Because you're not playing for people who right. are theoretically brilliant. You're playing for an audience that wants to hear a song. Yeah. And if it sounds good, they're going to be psyched. Yeah. So I love, I love that. <laughs> I love that that is part of a book about really digging deep into the structure of songwriting. Yeah. You still have to address it. Yeah. And you're right. You can do all these things and it still just doesn't sound, it's just, eh. Yeah. If it makes you feel like, eh. I mean, you know, the, the, in one of the live seminars that I do, you know, I'll have a lyrical line and it's in the book and the, the line is, I remember love. And I'll say, is love good or is it is love bad? And, and the answer is, well, we don't know because there's no context. It's just, I remember <laughs> I love, love, right? It's a very neutral right. phrase. And so I go through this whole, okay, we're going to go to this chord. We're going to go to this chord. And then I'll ask the room after we've gone through several chords, which chord 
will break your soul. <laughs> yes. What's yes. The chord? What chord? What chord? You know, and I don't care where it's from. I don't even want to know where it's from. Right. right? I right, just right. want to know that this is, you know, because they think they know which chord will break. I go, okay. Now okay. I know it's subjective. Yes. But then when I play the chord, the whole room goes, oh, my God. God. And it's right. not subjective, which it is isn't. really interesting. Yes. Yeah. So we, you know, they're like, what chord was it? My soul is broken. <laughs> so that's, you know... Anytime I can not know what I'm doing, anytime I can light a candle and be like, I don't know, I, I don't know what that was. I just love that. Anytime right, I can right. go to that place, it's, it's wonderful. And and do we have time for a little oh, story about that? Because yeah, I think please. this is really helpful. And this, I do have to name drop only because this is a, why this happened. But not, James gonna, Taylor, Scarlett, that's why we have you on the show. We're going to be name dropping drop. you as soon as you leave. Yeah, so. Absolutely, James. James Taylor, JT, the original JT. Yes, they have a daughter, uh, 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 Sally. And Sally uh, called a couple of songwriters, and I was one of them, and she said, I'm doing a project, and I don't know if I told you this story. And she said, I want to send you uh, an image in in an email, and then you have a week, and I want you to look at it, and I want you to write a song from the essence of the image, and then send it to me. Wow. I thought, oh, God, the essence of the Im- I mean, it was like a unicorn calling me and giving me a songwriting assignment. <laughs> right, right. The unicorn from my two. It was too much. Yes. But I honored it. You know, I, I, I pulled up my laptop. I, I put the image up. And I just, because in Nashville, a lot of the writing mm-hmm. was very desperate and trying way too hard. And, okay. oh, my God, I need to get a hit. And, oh, I hope this is good. Right, and right, right. all of that desperation is part ends up in the song. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. It just all feels like oh, intellectual that. and overthought and mm-hmm. desperate. And yeah. so here I am now, you know, teaching, and I don't have to do any – I don't have to write at all if I don't want to. And I'm, you know, just sort of like throwing words down in response to mm-hmm. what I'm seeing and really asking, like, what does this mean? To my soul. Okay. I know. <laughs> and, and, you know, just ah, splashing words. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then sort of like once I got some words on the page, like cobbling them together and then, then you know, limping into my piano room and, and then just hitting a chord and then going to a chord that I didn't know and going, well, that, that's, that's, that, you know. So anyway, I ended up writing this song from that place of, okay. of asking the room what wants to be written yeah. as opposed to, I'm yes. going to strangle this idea to the ground and I will have a song <laughs> and I will rhyme with floor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I will be famous and I will make money and I will be <laughs> right. so liked. Right. 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 Yes. Like, you know what songs like hate the most? the Academy. Right. <laughs> nope. I was just like, I have nothing to prove and I'm going to have to send it to her. All yeah. pressure's off. Let me just write something I care about. Yeah. yeah. And once I got the song sort of to become whatever it was going to be, then I, uh, then the next question, well, what does this mean? How is this a metaphor for, mm-hmm. for me? And right. it became a metaphor for, um, when we really have to say goodbye to a dream, like it's just, that's oh. not going to happen. We need to close that window on that <sighs> dream. But Wow. There's another dream, yeah. right? That yeah. was kind of the idea. And so I sent it to her, and then she sent the song to a, a painter. And she said, I want you to paint to this song I'm going to send you. And then Whoa. she sent the song to a dancer and said, I want you to choreograph a dance to this. And she sent it to a playwright and a perfumist. Oh and God. then she did this through several different chains of art and then had an opening on Martha's Vineyard with all of these chains of art. Wow. Consensus oh is her God. whole thing. If you want to check it out, it's on yeah. her website, consensus.org. And what the reason I'm sharing that is I really took that process with me 
<clears throat> and every song that I write and it's like, I don't try, I don't strangle anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be like, if I can just get out of the way, right. maybe something really great can happen here or yeah. important or right. helpful or whatever. Maybe not great, but <laughs> take that word off no, the table. No, no, no. Maybe something worthy can happen if I can get out of the way and then once a song is written like Mm -hmm. the essence then you can go through and look at all of the techniques you know when you talk about like did Adele know that she's saying the sixth degree of the major scale in someone like you I'm sure she was in the room going I'd like to crush them with the sixth degree (laughs) of the scale I'm going to sing it on the sixth we're singing it no but she sang it and she knew that it felt right and so do they know Yeah. yeah they know but they don't know Right. right. Sometimes. Sometimes right. they really know. Like some John them, Mayer is so on yes. oh, yeah. clear on what he's doing. And some people are so intuitive and smart and connected to themselves that they are absolutely aware of this feels boring. I'm going to shorten this line or right. They, right. they know. Yes. Yeah. You know? Well, I uh, love that. It's a, it, um, and totally a discussion for another time, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, very often that I will describe that as, well, we will both describe that as a difference between a craftsman and an artist, mm. right? That the artist just is usually the one who just kind of knows. They just kind of feel it. Yeah. They're like, this feels, this feels right. Yeah. And the craftsman is the one who can, who can know why it, it feels right. Yeah. This is, oh no, no, we can do this here. And I love that you use John Mayer as an example for that, because if you listen to him talk about songwriting, it's very clear that he's a craftsman. Yeah. Doesn't make him not an artist. Right. Or artistic right. in what he right, does. Right, right. It just, the distinction is, this is something that, yes, he wrote songs naturally also, obviously, yeah. right? Because he only went to one year at Berkeley, and right? So he was already doing that, right? Yeah. But he really knows, theoretically, what he's actually doing and, 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 and sets about to do it that way. Yeah. Whereas I think you're right, I love the example of Adele, and that was one of the, why that hit me so hard right from the get-go in your book, is she doesn't have a lot of musical training. I think you're right. It's that she knows because she feels it. Yeah. That it's just that, yeah, this is it. Yeah. That this is the, yeah. Does she know it's the six? Eh, probably not. Yeah. You know? Maybe somebody in the room did. You yeah. know? Yeah. But even that doesn't matter. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, her co-writer maybe. said, hey, Bob, how about this note? This is, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, right. But the, but the whole thing is, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you, you can learn, you can really be aware of that stuff. And, and I always tell my students, like, you, you can't know too much, but you can think too much. <laughs> oh, yes. that's a brilliant yeah, way to put it. you said that in there, too. I loved that, too. And that's, like, don't yeah. be afraid to know everything you can, but you right. have to forget it really quick so that right. you can write your song. Exactly. And then you bring it back. <laughs> right. Right, it's I love humbling. it. Man, every time yeah. I, I'll get in a room with a 20-year-old writer and I'll go, I feel like I'm jumping off the same cliff you're about to jump <laughs> off. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> right, right. That's so great. That And and so so we were talking earlier about a, a, a mutual friend that we have who, who was in your class, Sam Robbins. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, Adam and I were talking about how much we've seen him grow as a, as a result of being your student. And I can hear from that quote, I can understand why that would be, that you give them this room to be vulnerable because you're going to be vulnerable with them. Yeah. That it isn't, that it, you're, it isn't, I've got all of this, on, uh, you know, information from on high that I'm going to bestow upon you and right that there's a ton of information. That's great. And, and it will always be helpful to, you can't know too much. Right. I agree right. with you on that a hundred percent. Um, but that unless you offer that the room, 
in yourself to let go of that information, probably nothing great's going to happen. Like you said, it's going to sound desperate. It's going to sound right. manufactured. It's going to sound. And again, that doesn't mean to say that it isn't helpful to know where to go when you're trying to write a bridge. No, it really is. It's and like it's not coming. It's like you, okay, well, here's here's how I can approach it. You can't know too much and shut your head off and write the song. <laughs> yeah, not either or. That it really is. You can't know too much and shut your head off and just right. write the song. Yeah, that those are both. What it's really in, in, that's a really inspiring way to think about it too. Yeah, and sometimes you can really sit down in a very relaxed state and play with technique. Like, mm. oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna use some theories here you know yeah. i'm gonna i'm just gonna see if i can write a really cool hook and i'm gonna try using like a static melody like a, a repetitive note just i'm just gonna write a line with just repeating the same note like ed sharon does in yeah. shape of you or right. lady gaga and i've given you a million reasons to let you go <laughs> yeah, so you yes. okay i'm just gonna do like a flat line okay now yeah. i'm gonna try you know a leaping melody or i'm gonna you know and you're just playing around with ideas on the mm. piano or on the guitar and it's really relaxing and, and then you might accidentally fall in love with something so there are days where we're just yeah. playing with things well and knowing what it sounds like when you're hearing in your head that you're going to a minor four mm helps because yeah. now you can get there quickly and the translation from your head to your instrument right. is faster which yeah. doesn't slow down your creative process yeah. so i love that that's a great idea so that's one of the things uh, uh one of the reasons i love I, that i loved uh the book so much was the audio mm -hmm. accompaniment that went with every example uh that you did um could you uh talk about that a little bit and maybe wh where that idea came from I thought you were gonna ask her to sing them all could you sing no. all the examples uh, she doesn't sing them she has she has other people <laughs> yeah do them and they're oh, it's this really cool. the the one for me I mean I loved all of them but the one for me that who did the lion's share of it what oh, a wonderful Nick, voice he has I Nick just, Olsen, yeah he's Ooh. fantastic yeah the hard part about the book was you know I would call my editor and say oh I really want to use this John Mayer song because mm. he uses his technique and then my editor goes well that's too expensive you write that song right I thought oh great so the the, the hard <laughs> part was was writing all these song examples and then of course you get in and you're like well I want the, I, I care I want them to sound good right right so so it's really the, the examples are more like here is you know, let, let's, let's have a lyrical line and let's have, uh, let's, let's sing the word love, um, on a very stable note. Right. You know? Okay. But if you wanted love to feel like the saddest thing that ever happened to you, let's try the, try it on the second degree of the major scale. Now try it on the fourth degree. Now try it on the sixth. Now try it on the seventh until you fall in love with a more unstable pitch, you know, so that the, the tone yeah. of, of the melody is really affecting that just like tone of voice. And so the example I'll give someone is, you know, if I said to you, Hey, you know, do you like my new haircut? And you go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my next question would be, well, what don't you like about it? And you go, but I said, yes. You know, or do you right. love me? Yes. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> and so our tone gives us a way and it does that in music. And so when, yeah. when, you know, Adele sings, Never mind, I'll find someone like you, she doesn't sing it on the tonic note of the key. She sings it on the six. And we know right. that there is no one else like you. There's She's no one. definitely not over you because right. she's singing that on the sixth degree of the major scale. Right. So it gets kind of nerdy, but, but in the book I'll say, you know, here's an example. If you don't do that and here it is, if you do do that. And so they're just little short examples of kind of just showing the techniques that 
that I do really feel, you know, can really help us as songwriters. I think the biggest thing for songwriters is when we're a little bored by our song. You know, somebody will play you a song and you're thinking, ah, oh, it's a good melody, good lyric, good singer. Why can I not focus on this song? Right. Or why can't I focus on my own song? Why am I bored? And it is right. usually always an issue with symmetry. Usually it's the rhyme scheme is all the same. The line lengths are all the same length. Right. Every oh, section okay. is, is stable in some way. So if we right. can surprise the listener, break a pattern, you know, th- that's really important to think about the structure yeah. of yeah. what's happening. Like it's not all, it's all the same. It's all the same. And the brain gets, bo- the brain loves patterns and the brain gets bored. Right. So we have to surprise right. people. Which I love because again, if you think about most, most songs, when there's a when the first time you hear a change in the melody or as a producer you'll add a different element yeah. or the perfect place for harmony right is the first introduction of harmony is that second half of the second verse yeah, right? yeah. just when the thing starts to, just when you start to drift off a little bit cuz oh, I I know where this is going yeah. oh yeah. got to wake me up with something yeah. that's a little different yeah so right? for an example of a, a really uh really great structure of a pattern is Charlie Puth, um, who was my student. I'll just, he was great. He, uh, he was in my songwriting one class and he, he's such a great melody guy, but his big hit attention. Mm-hmm. The first idea is a, is a melody that moves down, right? Even running around, so that's the first idea. Second idea. Then he repeats the first idea. And then he repeats the second idea. And then the pre-chorus and then the chorus. And then on the second verse. And then he reverses it. And it's just this inverted melody. Yeah. But it's a nice surprise. And whether the listener catches it or not, they're re-engaged. Right. They may not have just said, ooh, he just inverted that melody. Oh, they won't. And they don't usually. It keeps them from going squirrel and getting distracted. Right. (laughs) Exactly. They're back. Right. right? Yes. They're back. Well, gently sort of smacking them on the side of the head going, hey, hey, pay attention. I know you're expecting this, but I'm going to give you this. uh, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, love it. It's a it's a great example, and that's exactly what I, what you just did was a perfect example of why I liked the audio examples in the book. Yeah, was because you can explain it really well on the page, which you do, and I got it, or I thought I got it, and then I would play one of the audio examples that that is included, and I'd be like, Oh wow! Oh, I really feel now it. I get it. Now I really get the difference. I understand exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So it was just a it was such a useful tool mm. to be able to have, uh, yeah. and I know I'll go back to it a bunch because it's just Thank such you. a. It really makes a huge difference. Yeah. It really does. It's it's now. Are you going to use that book in in your classes? I Is do. That, yeah, I do. do. And and we use it in another class. And then I have a new Harmony for the Songwriter course and I use it in that. Oh, perfect. Nice. As well. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure so. that's, yeah. So, so nice. Thank you. Yeah. Really, really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you oh. know, and I wanted to make it as interesting or as easy to read as possible. Well, um, it really is. Because, you know, people are busy um, and they want to get the information as quickly as possible. Absolutely. So I just wanted to teach and get out. Well, <laughs> and, and it, yeah. Well, it's great. And you did that. And what's great about it is, too, just for just for anybody who's who's listening and going, oh, but I don't know theory very well. I don't know what she means by six degree of the of the key. And, you know, 
what's great is you can read this book and have little to no understanding of theory. Yeah. And the way you've written it, and then with those audio examples, it makes sense. It's, well, it's really easy to grasp. So I've said it. I'll, I'll make sure that for anybody who's listening, I'll put uh, links to the, all that stuff in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so that you can go see what Michael's talking about. Because yeah. it really is it, it, amazing. And makes it really, really easy to follow along with pretty what can be pretty involved concepts. Because yeah. theory can get yeah. mucky. Yeah. So... Yeah, you know, I just I taught some uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers at Interlochen, and and they came into my class after they'd been in another class, and I said, "Well, what did you learn today?" And they said, "Oh, we learned about secondary dominance." And I said, "Well, what did you learn about them?" <laughs> right. right? I mean, it's, it's great, great that you know that sure. that 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 dominant chord comes from another key, right? <laughs> yeah. So, for example, if we're in the key of C and they're playing a three major chord, they're playing an E major as yep. opposed to an E minor. They go, well, that's a secondary dominant. And and what I want to say to them is, great, how will that serve you as a songwriter? What does that chord do? Right. And then I can play them six songs. You know, I'm a creep, I'm a widow. And now you've got this weird chord, right? Yeah, yeah. So Radiohead uses it yeah. from yep. the one chord to the three major chord. Billy Joel, some folks like to get away. And then yeah. that chord feels like it's getting away. Yeah, it's yeah, weird yeah. and dominant and dominates the moment. And... You know, I just, I like to think about harmony uh, as to, you know, I, mm, I have a mood palette next to me and which one <laughs> am I going to pick to, yeah, yeah. to make you cry right now or to make this feel, you know, huh, not sad, but maybe bittersweet or, you know, yeah. a nuanced something. And melody can do so much by itself. And then harmony can do so much. And, you know, as a songwriter, it's nice to just, you know, have the option Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of what's, that's the kind of stuff that you do talk about in this book. And it's really, really cool. So yeah, it was nice. I felt like I had a little seminar <laughs> with Scarlet Keys. I really you know, did. It's a, it's a rare group of people that want to talk about songwriting. So it is really fun to be able to talk with people who, who understand what you're saying and who are writers, yeah. musicians. Yeah. It's like getting ice cream for us. We're like, this is the <laughs> coolest thing ever. <laughs> no, it really, no, it really is. It's really cool. And it's, you know, it is the most important part of the industry, right? Because it doesn't matter. You can be the greatest talent that there is. And if the song isn't there, it's not going to matter. Yeah. You know, that the song wins, like you said in the book. Yeah. Sounds good, wins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you go back and listen to some of those songs, those great classic songs from the 60s or the 70s, mm -hmm. and I'll think, wow, there is just no way I would write that lyric today. There's right, no right. way. Not a chance. <laughs> like I took my daughter to see Diana Ross. My daughter's 11 and I'm thinking, oh, she's just going to be so bored. Nope. She was on the chair singing upside down. <laughs> Boy, you turn me inside out. You turn. And we're like, you've given yeah. me. So we loved it. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, because there is a I don't know. There's a spirit to those songs. Yeah. There was something. Yeah. It was so true. And so mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, Hall and Oates, Bee Gees, doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Yeah. There was something so, they were out of the way. Oh, and yeah. And something really special happened. And we need to be able to capture that magic as songwriters. And part of it is, you know, it, it really isn't about us, right? Yeah. I mean, it, we, you know, I can yes. be in a Berkeley classroom and go, all right, we got to talk about the muse here for a second. Because it is a mystical and humbling, magical and it's so fun to go, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I was just saying that and that felt, it's really, yeah. you got to stay in that 
place, I think, as a writer, if you're just in there, like, I don't know, maybe some people can just intellectually be thinking everything through, but um, it's really nice to just yeah stay open to the mystery. Well, so that reminds me of a question I wanted to ask you earlier. When you're when you're talking about songwriting, are you? I, I've started recently. I've sort of come to the conclusion that there are that there are songwriters who are that do it because they have to, hmm. and that there are songwriters who do it because that's who they are. <laughs> that that yeah. that and the have to is for the person who who's who they are is I have to write this. Yeah, I have to get this out. Yeah, uh, and the have to for the other portion that I'm talking about are, well, I'm going to be a musician. I need original songs. Mm-hmm. I have I to write I'm some songs. I write some songs now. Right. right. Like, are right. you a journaler? Were you a journaler? No. Yeah, I was It's so in. funny. Right? I'm just not a journaler. Yeah. I, and I keep thinking I should be. And I have literally, <laughs> I have 25 notebooks that have like one word on each page. Like, right. it's sad. Yeah. I have lonely notebooks that need me and I just don't do it. But I do it when I'm trying to find an idiot. But that's a that's a great question because I feel like in Nashville I was mm-hmm. I have to write I guess I yeah. have to Well this is why I'm asking. Yeah. And then I don't know, once I let go of that whole I don't know, I, I just that particular job mm-hmm. was not the best thing for me. Yeah. As it just yeah. wasn't. But the more I learned and and going to, on and back to the you know I, the night before I started teaching at Berkeley I had dinner. <laughs> this is such a name droppy moment, but with Mutt Lang, who is a very famous producer, yeah. a songwriter, yeah, he is. And he said to me, and it was just me. I was I was with someone who knew him, but we were with him. And he said, "Oh, well, how do you teach songwriting?" And he said it with his British accent. And I said, "I have no idea." I have no idea. And I just stayed open to the curriculum at Berkeley. I thought, well, maybe they know something. Let me just see, yeah, and, you yeah. know. And wow, I just, I, and I'm not trying to promote Berkeley, but I really felt like, oh, I could have really used this information. Right. <laughs> in Nashville. All of this would have been so oh, helpful. Yeah. Yeah. The getting out of the way part, you know, from Sally Taylor, the, all the tools, like they're really helpful for when you get stuck. And I feel like now I understand what it means when someone says, well, some people will, will play a song and say, this song saved my life. I don't have that song, mm-hmm. but I definitely have songs where, I don't know, I dreamt this. I just yeah. dreamt it. I don't know what it means. I dreamt this. I had yeah. that song where yeah. I, I, I woke up going, what is a wild Irish moon? I don't know, but that was a song that I wrote. And then, yeah, you know, there was a song that, that uh, you know, you know, the, the the thing that came from the Sally Taylor song where I'm not really sure where that song came from and to really, mm-hmm. and, and, oh, and then the best part was for the book when I, when my publisher said, okay, I said, there's this John Mayer song, you know, it's called Gravity. Oh, yes. Um, he doesn't change his chord very often. He's just like holding this chord. And I love that because I feel like the fact that he doesn't change chords is anchoring the listener and making the whole song feel you feel the gravity because the gravity is not changing right so the harmonic rhythm yes was helping to tell the story the fact that he was playing this chord the same just holding that chord Mm -hmm. out and so through a very long process i ended up writing a song um about someone in my life that i felt very bound to because they were a family member that i loved but Mm. i feel like i need to love you from here 
Yeah. Really love you. Have to do it from way over here. And it was <laughs> yeah, really yeah. like a lifetime struggle. Yep. And I felt like after I'd written that song for the book, I felt like it healed something. It really did. And I also felt like I got a song that I loved and I was writing it from such an intellectual right. place and wow. such a heartfelt place at the same time. Right. So I feel like eventually like a surfer, you're like, you're on the wave, but you really know when to tilt the board yeah. and the, you, know, you, you waxed it yeah. and you've got, you know, you really, yeah. and now I'm going to let this wave fold over me and I'm going to ride this tube. Right. You know, right. You've done the prep work. You, yeah. you made sure the board is, is, is ready to go yeah. and you've got your technique all down yeah. and you know exactly what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. And then you just do it. And you can get on and you can be in the middle of a song and go, that sucks without saying <laughs> I'm unworthy. Why am I writing songs? I should be a chiropractor. I hate myself. It doesn't have to go to that part. It can just go. Nope. That sucks. Next. <laughs> And we're back. Right, you have right. To hate yourself. That you thinking a line sucks doesn't now make you a sucky songwriter. Oh, it's just a sucky line, and that's fine. And it just rolls yeah. off you. And you yeah. can laugh and go, "No, yeah. you're not yeah, worthy yeah, of yeah. my song. Get out." You know, yeah. next, yeah. And and I think eventually you can really be the ninja in yeah. the whole process. But it takes a really, you know, it takes a lot of. But I, I, there's always something to learn. There's just always. I, I could have written a whole book on lyric writing. I, I so, oh, I, yeah. I, I, was, I so love the way you're. I'm waiting for it. Well, <laughs> I so love the way you're talking about it because you're talking about yeah. your your craft, your skill as a songwriter. Like it's an like it's an instrument, like you're playing an instrument. Yeah. Because there is that level of being proficient at your instrument, and then knowing it, and then being able to play. Yeah. And you're describing a place in your songwriting where you can just play, where yeah. you're just playing it now. And you're of course going to keep learning, and there's other things yeah. to learn from other cool cats in Nashville where right. you're like, oh, what does this guy know to say? And that's about story. That's how I learned to do story songs or better or whatever. But that you're playing that. Yeah. And again, for the listeners, um, you know, I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but she was in Nashville 18 years ago? Six, six, 16 years ago. years ago. 17 years ago. So, you know, there's a little bit of time put into that <laughs> where you're going to be in a place where you're going to write a book about it and be able to play. But that the process is long and real and fun and awful and wonderful and 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 but that it is a process yeah and the more you learn the faster you get at writing i i think that was part mm. of the problem in the beginning too was i would be banging my head on the table at denny's going what rhymes with love <laughs> what, what rhymes with love and then like someone should have just walked in with a rhyming dictionary slapped me and go look enough and was and us and clutch like look at what you could do oh thank you no i was just rhyming in my head without a rhyming right. dictionary because well, so, you were oh. like that's cheating well, no, I didn't right? even know. You didn't even think oh, about the it. Rhyme oh, yeah, I would have cheated if I've at written all possible. Songs with, I've written songs with people who don't want me to use the rhyming dictionary. I'm like, um, I, I'm using this tool. Yeah. I have the tool. Yeah. There's a tool here. Eminem uses it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, you're you're creating a word palette right. for yourself and then you can just go, oh, I would have never thought of that. Right. You're not going to just pick the first one you see that rhymes. No. Pick the one that, challenge, that, that yeah. tells the story, that yeah. furthers the story, that... Is like you said, surprising. No, yeah. I said dove, so it's got to be love it and dove. It has to be dove. <laughs> you know what I like most about meeting Better. you today? I feel like we fit together like a hand and glove. Oh, nice. And I feel like there's <laughs> something about you that's helped me rise above. And you know, yeah, this is this yes. is a really bad song. It's a conversation. <laughs> 
It's a conversation that I don't really love <laughs> okay. at this point. So Is Trav a word? See, Trav. then you get into that. You just go down the, the, the yeah, dictionary. No, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. I, I love that. It, it actually does remind me of the other question that I wanted to ask you, which was, do you still co-write? And when you do, is it something that, uh, if you do, you obviously value it. So what of it is some are some of the things that you really, that are valuable for you? For co-writing? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, it, if you're in the room with someone that is really good, that you're, that if I'm in the room with someone, I go, oh, I cannot wait to get in a room with them. That's always <laughs> right. fun. Right. Because right. I know that they're going to bring something I'm not yeah. going to probably bring. Yeah. by myself right right um and mainly i'm writing with artists and so okay. when i yeah. write with them it's what do you want to write today what do you go what's going on with you yeah. what do you want to, you know and you're really there in service of them, of them. and what they want to write and so um so i'm really careful with that because i've learned the hard way that you know when an artist is excited about something <laughs> you are too. So are you. You know, because I have definitely thought, no, 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 no. And I've shut down an idea right. that an artist was really excited about, and I didn't make it on the record. I right. should have just been, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. In, in yeah. fact, I had an artist who was really excited about this idea. She goes, oh, I just saw this movie, and they had this line. And I literally written that line from that movie two days before that. And I, I should have said, oh, great line. Let's do it. Let's I should have done it again. Yeah. You know, like her way. Right. So, boy, you know, I mean, the whole idea of yes and from improv. Improv. Is exactly mm -hmm. how you have yeah, to Yeah, well, be. we talk about that all the time, As too. Yes and. Yeah. Yes and. Let's do it. Let's all do of it is. Do that, let's do it. As a co-writer it is, as your career it is, yeah. as a, yeah, yes and. Yeah. So, it's so great. Uh, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah. It opens everything up for everybody. Yeah. So I love co-writing. I love co-writing if, you know, w when it's when it's uh, somebody I'm really excited to write with. Uh, and then if I'm writing alone, I want it to be an idea that I'm, ex you know, like, yeah. ooh, it's burning and I've got to yeah, write yeah. this. And then it's fun. If I'm just, like, forcing a song out, it's not as, you know, you have those yeah. days where you just show up and you try stuff and it's yeah. not something You're that like, you You're like, well, feel... this, is, this is a drag today. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's perfect. That's great. Scarlet Keys, thank you so much Very for being fun here. to sit here with you, too. Oh, Great questions. and Well, we've had a blast. I've been really looking forward to this. Me too. So, Me too. Thanks so much for making it happen today. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Talk about knowledge bombs, man. That was amazing. That was such a great conversation. I love talking. You guys should listen to that over and over again because some of the stuff that she was talking about yeah. is so unbelievably thick. Oh, yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. Well, what's great is that like I like I was talking about the book, it is so dense, but it doesn't feel like you're in the weeds. No, it's it, easy to understand. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. So no, so great. Yeah, uh, just so much really, really great information. Yeah, absolutely. And again, someone who I I, I love her talking about where she is with her writing now, oh, God. and what she feels right. like with her writing now, and about still growing. Absolutely. And being challenged and about learning new things. And, and this is the thing that I want. I know I said, I think I said it in the interview, but I want you guys to hear it again. Just because you're good doesn't yes. mean you stop growing. Doesn't mean you're done. Doesn't mean you're done. You're not going to be done, guys. Right? There's no cruise control. There's no cruise control. You're it's not, not over. It's not over. It's not that you don't get to, you didn't score a touchdown and you don't get to spike the ball. No. And nope. then give the interview afterwards. You know, I was doing it for the team. You know, nope. No. You, it's always, and what's next? 
exactly. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. And remember, you guys, you got this. We got your back. Yeah.